0: Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. This week, I'm talking to you about keeping the focus on mental health. After Mental Health Awareness Week has gone by, I'm talking today about how to keep the focus on mental health going through the entire year. Now, if you're wondering or even groaning at the thought of having to do this and having this on your to-do list all year round, it doesn't have to be like that. So I'm sharing how you can get employees to know that you're taking mental health seriously, easy ways to make sure that happens, key ways to ensure that you walk the talk. Stay tuned for a terrible example of what support I heard about, and then exactly what you need to include in your plan. So join me on today's episode. So welcome to Lessons for Leaders. Each week, I bring you lessons, learnings, tips, and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business without the stressed out and overwhelm. so that I help you increase your performance, be resilient, and thrive in life. I'm Emma Langton, your host, leadership coach, and workplace trainer, helping you and your workforce increase that performance, improve well-being, and make the impact that you want in the world. Now, recently I've been working with organizations and individual leaders and managers to help them to be able to come more focused, less stressed, and have a wider impact on both their personal wellbeing and that of their teams. You know, I worked with Kate, who's a director, and she said I enlisted Emma's help as I was stressed, overwhelmed, and struggling with my own work-life balance. I felt like I was constantly firefighting, and both home and work life were suffering as a result. Emma's one-to-one coaching programme was a breath of fresh air and clarity. No unrealistic goal setting, just simple, straight-talking advice that made sense. Emma has armed me with tools and techniques to focus, work more effectively, prioritise and let go of the crap. It's always good to let go of the crap, isn't it? So if you want this for your teams, Or for you as an individual, or for your managers and leaders, because they have been dealing with such a lot over this last year. Then please do get in touch with me. I'm happy to talk to you about what the different options are and what we can put in place to support your individuals and your teams. If you're not ready to do that yet, then you can get onto my newsletter. Again, link in the show notes and information on my website at emmalankton.com the newsletter sends out tips information statistics the latest reports and the current organizational trends that are happening right now so that you don't have to dig around for it it comes out monthly so you can guarantee that i won't be spamming you And finally, a request from me that if you haven't hit the subscribe button or left a review for me, then please do go and find the little button and leave a review. Let me know your key thoughts and your takeaways and what you value most from the podcast. If you hit subscribe, it makes sure that you never miss another episode. So welcome back listeners, it's a pleasure to have you join me and for you to allow me to be in your earbuds for another week. Now, there's been so much talk, I think, over the past six, seven weeks between Stress Awareness Month and then mental health, but we do need to recognise that mental health needs a continued focus because it is the leading cause of sickness absence in the workplace. It's also really difficult for people to live with it's really debilitating whether it's on a long-term basis or um, whether it's an issue that comes and goes with people it's still not nice at all So with the pandemic highlighting the issues and workplaces again opening up more, it's not surprising to me, certainly, that employers are starting to look more closely at the crucial role that they play in supporting the wellbeing of their staff. I read somewhere recently that um, a chap called Andy Bell, who's Deputy Chief Exec for the Centre of Mental Health Think Tank said that there's a rising tide of poor mental health resulting from people's traumatic experiences of the virus itself, of isolation and exposure to abuse, of loss, of bereavement and of financial insecurity and job loss. So there's quite a few different topics that are causing people upset or distress or even trauma. Um, So there's about 10 million people that will need help with mental health relating to the pandemic, according to that think tank. Um, That's massive, isn't it? So every employer needs uh, to focus on this. And actually, every workplace's success depends on healthy and productive workforce. And if employees feel valued and supported then they actually achieve more. And I think I also read that employees will choose to remain in an organisation if they know that they feel valued and if they know that mental wellbeing and uh, that kind of support is taken seriously. So even if they work longer or they have to work harder or whatever, those things are the reasons that people stay in a workplace. And that's got to be good. So we know that employers all come in all shapes and sizes with different working practices, different environments. So I'm talking very generalistic today, but also trying to capture the different needs of different people that are listening to the podcast. Because all organisations, whatever their size, will need to be equipped with awareness and tools both to address the mental ill health and prevent mental ill health which is caused by or worsened by work situations. Organisations also need to be equipped to support people with a mental health condition to thrive and that's right through their uh, experience really from recruitment and then throughout the organisation and we also need to make sure that we're people are aware of how they can get access to timely, and timely is quite key, help to reduce the sickness absence that is caused by mental ill health and obviously to reduce the personal distress that that person might have. When I talk to companies, they're often split into two groups. One is that they have wellbeing plans in place, but then they are struggling to find degradation dedicated or targeted support for specific areas such as stress burnout sleep and financial issues and that's where I can help because I have a network of people so even if it's not the support from me that you want but it might be about how do you put the plans in place so that it's not on your to-do list permanently as I said in the intro or who can you bring in that's going to help you with different areas. The other group um, situation that, that companies are in is that they have bits and pieces of ideas and activities, or they've been running reactively through COVID, and then they don't have a clear plan for the future or a clear way to pull things together and make it into a proper plan, okay? And again, you know, I can help with just for chats and and, and helping with the focus and getting things in place and, and even knowing where to start with all of that. Now, before I go on, I do want to congratulate everyone who has things in place because there's still a ton of companies out there that have kind of, they've not even started and they've got nothing. So even if you are feeling like you are struggling, that you're not giving it the focus that you need, or you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed, or you've got loads of ideas, but you don't know how to put it into place. Well done for getting to that point. Honestly, give yourself a pat on the back for getting to that point. Okay. In addition, HR and leaders are often doing these plans in addition to their usual role. So although it's great to see that some companies are having specific well-being leads or um, mental health champions and things as a separate role, not every organisation, not every company, not every individual has the ability to do that. So you know, the last thing that you need really is to be going off with stress because you're trying to put in place, how ironic would that be really, that you're going off with stress or you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed because you're trying to put in place stuff that's going to help this. It would just be madness, wouldn't it? Really? So yes, if you want to talk to me about ideas, plugging the gaps, meeting specific needs of your organisation, enhancing daily, weekly, monthly behaviours and embedding organizational value, so that you're getting a strategy or policies or plans sorted, then please do get in touch with me, Emma, at emmalankton.com. Because looking at overarching strategies is something I've been doing for a long time. In fact, even really since back in my corporate days, not specifically on wellbeing back then, but definitely knowing about that overarching strategy and the organizational needs so I'm happy to help okay now do you want your employers to know that you are taking mental well-being seriously because if you do we need to get it into the culture of the workplace we need it top down and bottom up okay for it to be fully embedded I saw recently somebody had said, Does anyone else feel like Mental Health Awareness Week is just a massive PR stunt for the organisation? <laughs> I was like, Oh dear, that's not really working the way that they probably intended for it to work. So it's not just a massive company promo opportunity. You know, and the comments on the back of this were very different actually uh, from the same organisation about views and experiences. It was all bro- actually based on what individual managers had done, so it's very much a personal thing, very much a departmental thing that can become become quite specific. But it's important that you have an entire culture rather than it just being a person specific. And if you've got a good manager, then you get a good response. And if you've got a shit manager, you get a shit response. So the way to do this is to start with focus groups or surveys. Again, I can help with both of these. So designing your plan with input from employees boosts buy-in and gives you a clearer idea of the support that they might need. So then you are not spending time building things and delivering information that nobody really wants and nobody really cares about. So building that plan with input from your employees across the organization is not only demonstrating that you are taking your employees seriously, but it also ensures that they know that you are listening to them, that you are committed to supporting their mental health, right? And that builds trust and integrity, and they are some of the key drivers of engagement. So talk to your people, in essence. Many companies have already done this, and it's important to show that you're listening by responding to what the results show, whether that's from focus groups or surveys. But it means going back to people and saying, you said this, and we're doing that. Um. Because if you're sure that you're taking on board the feedback and making adjustments, that sends a really great message. And often as well, the people on the ground or in certain areas of the business have really great insights and ideas. So it would be daft not to use that. Don't miss a trick there. Then train your managers how to confidently have conversations with your people so, that one to ones actually do take place regularly, and when they do, they are effective and they're not just paying lip service. If you're back in the office, these can then be, you know, a, a walk and talk a- out of the office or out of the workplace environment. And often these get to the crux of the matter more quickly, too. Um, But even if they're not, you know, maybe it's a walk and talk on the phone rather than on Zoom with people. If you've got a good enough relationship and you're not needing to get cues from body language and things. But there's, you know, there's ways to make sure that you can have those conversations and managers pick up on things. I've got a training course on this, but managers pick up on things and have those conversations confidently with people. Make sure that you're walking the talk. So encourage staff to have work sensible hours, take proper lunch breaks, rest and recuperate after busy periods and avoid working at weekends and take their full annual leave entitlement. Oh my goodness me, the people that don't book leave, I know people are not booking leave at the minute because they're kind of like, well, I've got nowhere to go and I can't go anywhere or I can't go on holiday. Well, you still need to take the leave. Um, You still need to get a proper break away from work. And all of this can help avoid burnout and other mental health issues. And make sure you do this yourself, please. It's all very well telling everybody else to do it. But if you're not doing it, again, you're not walking the talk. You're not demonstrating that it's important. There are a ton of benefits in demonstrating this. But also... One of the other benefits when you take time off is about delegating and trusting in your team when you are not there. This is a plan for one of my future podcast episodes about kind of trusting in your team. Not quite sure what I'm going to call it yet. Um, Micromanaging, you know, all of that stuff. If you're doing that, then your team do not feel valued and will not do their best work for you. Look at what's available. When your people highlight a struggle, what is it that you do? You might have had my training on the confident conversations and spotting issues, but then what? You know, your mental health at work plan should detail what support is available to employees if they're experiencing poor mental health and whether it's due to problems inside or outside of work. And make sure that if you're directing them to, you know, like an EAP or some ad hoc coaching, which I provide, Um, but a lot of organizations are doing this now, and you're sending them to somebody that is going to really get them and give them proper supportive help and advice. I'll keep this really brief, but honest to goodness. So back in corporate days, I went through about six months when there was a big restructure in the organization. My boss retired. I was moved around in different Areas working for different people, all the team was disbanded. Um, I was also going through IVF, and then my dad died, (laughs) so it all happened at once. And I sought some help from the organization because it was big corporate. The EAP sent me to some counseling, which I'd never had before, and I never really felt the need. But I thought, well, you know, um, there has been an awful lot going on, so uh, let's give this a go. Now, I was effectively the director's right-hand woman, really, the column kind of chief of staff nowadays. But So bear in mind that I was getting everybody organised, making sure everything was spot on, that people were where they should be and everything was happening in the way that it should happen. This councillor sent me some directions to get to her and I couldn't follow them, and I couldn't find her because the directions were rubbish. Um, So that wasn't a great start and you can imagine... (laughs) What I was like comparing it against that. And then also, you know, I wasn't feeling quite so clear-headed and level-headed anyway with everything that had gone on. In the session, we were talking about various bits and pieces and she decided that my biggest problem here was the grief. Now, without sounding hard-hearted, it wasn't because my dad had been ill for quite a while, so we'd almost kind of adjusted to some of the loss I think that my problem with now everything that I know now my problem was about the you know like shifting sands the lack of sort of security there was not one thing that was staying the same so you know my job a bit wasn't the same then my home life wasn't was a bit uncertain because of IVF and then with my dad dying and things and it was about the overarching uncertainty But she decided what she decided. And so then, so that wasn't great either. And then she told me to put a cushion in the middle of the floor and talk to my dad. And I was like, this is bonkers. This is absolutely bonkers. Like, I'm going to do that. I was a real, realistic dad. You know what I'm like when I talk on the podcast? Down to earth, straightforward, no messing with me. I'm not going to talk to a cushion. Anyone gonna do anything? So that's what I mean. That's you know, it always sticks in my mind when I'm giving people help and support. You know, am I doing anything like asking them to talk to a cushion? Because goodness me, I'd just pack it in um, altogether if I was ever ever thought I was doing that for people. So you've got to make sure that even if it is EAP or anything else that you are sending your people to, that it is quality and it is effective. And even if you don't get a detailed discussion about what you've sent off your people to, find out, was it helpful? Was it not helpful? Really, that's so important. I shall stop banging on about that, but it is something that I'm really passionate about, really passionate. So ultimately... It doesn't matter whether you're a micro-business, a multinational, but creating your plan is the first step towards better mental health at work. And in large organizations, the mental health plan may be an organization-wide policy or your strategy on mental health, but with smaller organizations, it may be a bit less formal, um, but you still need policies in place. And this can be woven into some of your procedures with different representatives across the organisation responsible perhaps for different topics or different parts of things that are going on. Now, I previously talked about a different podcast episode about the seven steps to a winning wellbeing plan. And in order to create that positive culture where people feel able to talk about their mental health, make sure that your plan is formally written down that you will show your current and future employees that you care about their well-being. Ensure staff can easily access it at all times, maybe putting it in your handbook or on the intranet or hard copies around the office is an easy way to do this. And remember that communication creates buy-in. So before you begin, explain why you're developing the plan. What you want it to do, what you want it to look like, And make sure that you're going to review it and explain why employees' views matter for this. So the conversation doesn't end when the plan is in place. You know, set up regular communication so that you can keep asking your people what works, as I've said even just about the EAP stuff, but on everything. What works and tweaking your level of support in response to that. Everyone in your organisation is responsible for putting your plan into action. So for expert guidance and support for employees who want to support their staff and mental health, please contact me, Emma, at emmalankton.com. Remember too that often employees are scared to talk to their manager. Problems can spiral from that. So your action plan should aim to raise awareness of mental health by embedding it into inductions and training and making sure that people know right at the very start what you've got available and then regularly telling them. Don't just do a one-off announcement. Obviously celebrate key dates in the mental health calendar and you can use that as a springboard for some of the other things that you do and to remind them about what the procedures are and what you've got available you know, and run internal communication campaigns. Senior leaders should promote employee well-being by speaking out about mental health and supporting a campaign to encourage all staff to take like lunch breaks and work healthy hours, as I've mentioned. Because when staff feel involved and well-informed about what's happening, it increases the motivation and helps people understand how their role fits into that bigger picture. So, Focus groups and staff surveys, you know, engagements, steering groups, monthly or quarterly performance, review meetings. It would be having those conversations, good quality EAP or other support and then perhaps opportunities for coaching. Definitely bring in external trainers for some different areas of expertise and hold like lunch and learn sessions. These are a great way to support staff and take their full lunch break. And then all of these things mean you send a clear signal to staff that their mental health matters. So I really hope that that's been helpful for you. Again, if you have any questions at all, please do get in touch with me. Otherwise, Have a fantastic week. Don't forget to share or leave a review. And then I'll see you again in the next episode.